And I want to start by saying the same thing I said last night. Um, this is this is a hard sharing for me to to offer, uh, and I want to start with whatever's useful in this. I'm very grateful for that, um, and I'm glad that that can be um, useful. And whatever is not, I just I just ask at the beginning your forgiveness of. Um, what's not useful and hope that you can just let it go. I want to start with a poem from Rumi. I actually just found this this week and I hadn't heard this before and I couldn't find who, tra who the translator was. Um, but I appreciated this very much. I said, what about my eyes? He said, keep them on the road. I said, what about my passion? He said, keep it burning. I said, what about my heart? He said, tell me what you hold inside it. I said, pain and sorrow. He said, stay with it. The wound is the place where the light enters you. So for the last number of weeks, I have been very conscious that inviting us to practice with the breath has this whole new meaning. To invite awareness of the breath right now is to invite awareness again of I can't breathe. And that's a fact that needs to be met with a lot of care and compassion. So George Floyd's plea for breath and it being met with deaf ears has had this igniting effect call in our nation and our world to really wake up to the institutionalized nature of racism, of oppression, right in the heart of our systems, our institutions, and our own bodies, our own beings. There are so many reasons that I think this was finally, finally possible now. And I want to name one of the ones that feels very relevant to me. I really believe that the global nature of the COVID pandemic and its prime target of our lungs and our breath has heightened an understanding that we all share this breath together. a shared personal nature of George Floyd's plea really becomes much clearer in this new world. 
I can't tell you how many times I've led meditations where I'm saying, feel the breath move in and move out. And what I'm feeling is this wave, this mix of pain and sorrow, a prayer and compassion for George Floyd and for all like him who have wrongly lost their breath and their life. There are others who can speak so much more wisely than me um, about understanding this profoundly needed shift in racial thinking. So while I'm still doing my learning, I really wanted to share some of the people that I've been reading and listening to um, that have been so, so helpful for me. And I know many of you um, have, are doing the same kind of learning. Um, and I'd love to hear what you're learning, or I'd love to hear what you already know that someone like me in a white body needs to know and needs to hear and listen. If you haven't actively taken on this learning yet, um, please consider any of these resources as a potential great place to start. It's very interesting once we start getting under the surface of this issue, how much more there is to know and understand. So the first person that I want to name is Resma Minikim. And as I said earlier, I really appreciate Clara for um, um, introducing him, his work to me. He has a book called My Grandmother's Hands, Racialized Trauma and the Pathway to Mending Our Hearts and Bodies. And the lovely thing about his work is if you order the book and you're having to wait for it to come like I am at the moment, he also has this beautiful website with um, a free five session online course that I highly recommend. Um, and I put the, in the chat his um, website, um, www.resma.com. And he also has a really beautiful talk on the podcast with Kristen Tippett on being. Um, and I recommend not just listening to the edited talk, but listening to the whole talk. Um, it's very helpful. I'm also rereading Ruth King's book, Mindful of Race. Uh, for those of you who don't know Ruth, she lives here in Charlotte, and she has been at the forefront of helping mindfulness communities in particular confront, understand, see the issues of racism right in our own communities. My long hope has been that someday we could get Ruth to work with us. My guess is the woman's probably now profoundly busy, um, but I still had this hope and um, some of us are starting to have a conversation about how to make that into a reality. And then I also want to name a podcast episode by Tara Brock. 
um, called Courageous Presence with Racism. I appreciated Tara Brock saying at the start of that, that this one episode, this one talk, she probably cared more about than any other that she had ever done. Um, and it is beautiful. So like I said, all of these resources are in the chat room um, or in the chat box. And I hope that we take on this deeper learning, particularly when we're white and living in these white bodies. Um, we need um, to be educating ourselves. It's amazing how much there is to learn and how much this, these wounds have been carried across generations for a long, long, long time. And so this healing work that we are um, having new opportunity in a new way to do and to understand, um, it's really doing healing for generations. Mindfulness is this particularly useful orientation for holding a space open for doing painful inquiry. So how Charlotte Center for Mindfulness can be a part of this education is a question a lot of us are really asking right now. Um, and this is a fundamental way we need to stay with the wound to let the light enter us. So I wanna go back to the recognition that breath can trigger a particular kind of pain and sorrow right now. And I wanna share just a bit of one contemplation of breath that has been coming up for me. And this view for me is continually heart opening and strengthening for me. So um, I hope it's useful for you. And if it's not, like I say, please forgive and hope you can just let this go. But if it is useful, feeling in my own breath, the shared nature of life's breath, that is one way of touching back into a sacred wholeness. Waking up to the all-inspiring, fragile, impermanent, mysterious, and shared nature of this breath. That helps me wake up to the all-inspiring, fragile, impermanent, mysterious, and shared nature of our whole world, of our whole interbeing self. So some background to support this contemplation. Shared breath is not metaphorical. I really love origin stories. An origin of breath is one that always brings me wonder. So I want to share a bit about the origin story of breath. So life and Earth's atmosphere actually evolved together. When life first began on Earth 4.5 billion years ago, 
there wasn't a significant level of oxygen in the air. And the first life that happened is these single cell bacteria that were our first life. They had what's called anaerobic respiration, which means um, they converted uh, food sources into energy without using oxygen. It's not very efficient. And they managed that way for about a billion years. And over the course of a billion years, they managed to pretty much um, spread around the whole of the earth, which is really fortunate considering what happened next. What happened next was a small amount of this bacteria discovered that sunshine was another source of food and that it could actually turn sunshine into food. And that was the first photosynthesis. Photosynthesis, you may know, I mean, it's what our trees are doing, our grass is doing, all of the plants around us are doing. Photosynthesis pumps out oxygen. And that was the first time oxygen had been pumped out into the atmosphere and it was pumped out by life. This sudden accumulation, however, of this new gas was initially toxic to most life on Earth, literally wiped out most of the life that was on Earth. There was just a small amount of bacteria that actually figured out how to use the oxygen being pumped out. And that was the first respiration, aerobic respiration. So those single cell bacteria that figured out aerobic respiration Every cell in our bodies are a direct line back to those first single cell organisms that, that started aerobic respiration. So life affected the atmosphere and then atmosphere affected life. And this went on until there was this balance between photosynthesis and respiration that was created. And this balance is maintained breath by breath still today by all of us. We are actively part of this balance of our air all around us. And if you think these are just kind of intellectually interesting facts, they're not. Look at the speed that COVID has spread all around the world to know that's all you have to do to know that we are physically sharing our breath. So we have lots of origin stories that have not been helpful. You know, those stories of divisions, assumed uh, superiorities, differences, being weaponized against others. And there are like many wise people right now bringing light to how often we don't even know we're living by these stories. This is one origin story that is helpful for me. A shared origin of all breath and life. That our atmosphere and breath are not a given. They are continually remade by all of us, meaning all life on earth. In this interacting, balancing dance of continuing creation. There's much more that needs to be said about when breath is triggering, and that's what I want to look at next week in particular. 
But for this week, I just encourage you to consider these two contemplations for yourself. What ways do I need to educate myself about these deeply held, culturally created divisions of race within myself and the world? And how might being awake to the shared nature of my own breath help bring me home to our shared interbeing and a deeper responsiveness to our world? How might these two contemplations be useful for helping keeping eyes on wounds that need healing so that the light may enter? So let's pause right here for a moment. Invite you to offer a breath in and out. Really taking a moment to feel into this remarkable continuing creation story that we all share in our own bodies. By just this simple and incredibly complex act of breathing in and out. Noticing how our bodies know how to do this, know how to be involved in this balancing act of creation. That remarkable wisdom is already a part of each of us. Whatever else is present in your body, mind, and heart, invite you to offer the breath the means of refuge wherever safe harbor is needed for you. How to meet our own selves and our world with greater care, compassion, and responsiveness. It starts with taking the, our time finding our own two feet on the ground. Letting the light enter here. Thank you.